all CEOs, me included, we don't actually know what we're doing. They're all sharks, so all you got to do, though, is no shark bait. I don't think we've ever talked about this before. <laughs> we can capture all of the wallet share. First place you start is with the product. That's just the first nut. This is the Capital Stack. Hey, everybody, this is David Paul, the host of the Capital Stack podcast, where we talk to founders, operators, and investors about all things value creation within startups. Today, I am talking to two gentlemen uh, who are the founders of a company here in Arizona called Blue Tail, which is a vertical SaaS company focused on solving problems for the aviation industry. These guys are named Roberto Gutierrez. Forget about it. That's that's correct, by the way. And Stuart Illion. And uh, they just raised a Series A. An Arizona A, right? So uh, you also made me do both of you. So this is the first time I've ever done two people on a podcast. Fantastic. So, Roberto, are you like codependent? You have to have your, your partner here? Or? Uh, no, no. We just, we've known each other for 30 years. We started at Apple together. And uh, uh, it was Stuart's vision and idea that he brought to me about four or five years ago. And so we kind of like to uh, do these things together because we were pretty good at uh, ham and egging it. So nice, Indeed. nice. Cool. So guys, tell me a little bit about Blue Tail um, and the genesis of you guys doing it. Um, Stuart, are you, are you, are you an airline guy or aircraft? Uh, not an airline guy. I am an aviation guy. Aviation um, guy. Started out uh, in the eighties, aspirations of being a pilot, learned how to fly, got my commercial instrument, Ratings and um, ultimately uh, decided I want to be on the business side of aviation. So um, eventually worked my way out to uh, the Bay Area where I got in tech, started working for Apple. And that's where I met this character over here. He says 30 years ago it was actually 35 years ago because <laughs> time goes so quickly. But um, five years ago, I, I ended up in the Phoenix area. Berto had been here for 20 years and uh, we had been talking about some, some new ventures uh, Berto's got a really heavy SaaS background. I've got kind of tech and aviation, and we were looking at just some problems in the industry, and and one that kind of jumped out at us was just this whole idea that, that that there's just so much paper left in business aviation, which is surprising for a lot of people. So very simple concept. Uh, you've got a you've got an airplane, whether it's a light jet or a Gulf Gulfstream 650. It's got paper logbooks, uh, associated maintenance records. Uh, Again, a lot of that's in paper format, and the penalty for losing that, that information is very stiff. Uh, those aren't insured records. So the simple concept that we came up with was digitizing all those records. So basically taking what we call you know, paper records uh, and banker's boxes, digitizing all that, putting it up in the cloud, making that information basically, um, you know, taking it from static information to structured information. Once you get it there, you, you can search, you can share you can do all kinds of amazing things that we've discovered uh, since we launched the application. So that's basically Blue Tail. There's one other important piece to Blue Tail, which, which helps the other piece work, and that is we built a services business. And that services business is basically going on-site, scanning those records, because oftentimes those records being so valuable, people don't want those records to leave the hangar. So we'll scan those records on-site, and then we've got a huge partner network of scanning centers that will actually finish the scanning part 
then we onboard, we get all the records up in the cloud. So again, two businesses and uh, launched a few years ago and been rocking ever since. Nice. So first of all, since you deal with these pilots probably pretty regularly, what the fuck is up with like new pilots always wanting to like take you up and fly with them? Like they literally, they just get their license and they're like, hey, like, do you want to come up and fly? And I just say, no, like, why, why would I want to, I mean, you don't, you don't get a mis- you get one mistake, right? Like, and you're done. You do. It's, it's, it's a very binary industry. I always like to say that, um, you know, and the penalty for, for errors when you're up flying is, it can be pretty severe. And they get offended, right? They're like, well, why won't you fly with me? I'm like, because you've been a pilot for five minutes. Yeah. Well, um, first of all, pilots have the biggest egos and, and they want to show you how, how, how good of a pilot they are. They've had, you know, 10 lunar landings and, and uh, they've got a fresh new certificate and, and they want to show you just how great they are. So I think it's, uh, it's wise to be a little cautious. Let somebody else take the first flight. And um, yeah. Especially with small with planes, right? Don't small planes crash more than big planes? <laughs> I don't have the exact stats, but. That would make sense, right? <laughs> Well, some have parachutes, actually. Yeah, they're at the Cirrus, right? Yeah, they've yeah. got, they've got uh, parachutes. Uh, Cirrus actually has auto land features. So there, there's, there's a lot more safe stuff happening in aviation than ever before. So. so I would categorize your innovation as kind of the following the digital transformation kind of movement. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's you know, one of the stories that we, of course, told our venture capitalists as we were going through our pitches is this is an industry that's, you know, there's $80 million in the sky and there's $80 worth of paper sitting down in the hangar. And so it's, it's a, you know, it's a a simple problem, but as we've been in it now for several years, um, making all those records searchable uh, has been a a challenge that we've really done well with. And uh, not only is every word, part number, paint code searchable now? Uh, we're starting to pull out uh, FAA forms and data on those forms. So we believe that we'll slowly become a data company for, sure. for OEMs. A verticalized data company. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and I think of like the value of a company like yours is, you know, how do you, how do you become the best in class data and reporting engine for aviation, right? And I think through that is, because you can't have AI unless you have good data. And to have that, you need to have structured data. And to have that, you need to have um, data naturalization. So, I mean, from a technology perspective without, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm stupid, right? So like, just kind of would tell a little bit about the audience about how you thought about that from this use case perspective and how you kind of built your product around that. Well, it, it- Good question, because Berto likes to, to say this of startups, uh, and I know you know this, David, given your background, that where you start is never where you end up, because mm-hmm. we thought initially that there was just this, this old problem of being too much paper out there. It's not protected. Um, you can't share it. So, so we really didn't think through, quite honestly, what, what the end game could be. So once you get everything, you know, auto OCR'd through cloud native technology, hey, wait a minute. You can do this search, so you have this use case of being able to research before a major inspection, where now that's all done, what we call box diving. You get the banker's boxes out. Uh, sometimes you, you look at those in the hangar, you send them off to the maintenance facility. It's a very inefficient process, so there's a lot of lights that started going off once we started building this technology. And some of the new things we've been doing recently, we can talk a little bit later about this conformity module we just launched in January, would not have been possible with those first two steps of, of building the company. So 
we're discovering all these new potential applications that we didn't dream of, uh, you know, three or four years ago. You know, just just because again, that's that's typically the the journey of a startup, and um, and there's a lot of things in the product roadmap this year which will follow on to conformity, which will build on all of what you just described. Yeah. So, like talking about data for a second, um, you know, I. You know, Adobe, right, for instance, you can scan a document and it can digitize it, right, and make it indexable, right? And then I see hundreds of startups, if not thousands, just say that they could, you know, hand wavy, oh, we're going to use OCR, and this is kind of the out result. But the the bottom line is, is generally that the products generally suck, right? And they don't really work that well. So how, how does one think about um, using OCR, Right. And making it work. And like, how should a founder think about, you know, designing use cases around that? Because it's it's not it's not it's not easy. Right. If it was easy, everybody would do it. And it's extremely difficult. And when people just say building software is hard, right? period. So like, how do you think about that? Yeah. Uh, you know, we first of all, we always go back to the customer. And I, that's a lot of things. A lot of times people always say, you know, under Steve Jobs at Apple is like, you know, he knew the customer. He built everything that he thought. He, the market wanted, but you know, being in marketing at Apple, we spent millions and millions of dollars on customer research, and so we just go back to, you know, we got a VP of product who's from the industry that has had all the jobs that our software, uh, you know, touches. So directors of maintenance, directors of aviation, AMPs, you know, quality assurance, and so we really start with use cases, just like a good software company would do, and we and we go back and we look at. What do they do with, with the paper, the analog side of the world, and how do we digitize it and make it better? So is there, are there like standard forms that you can probably start with? There, there actually are. Yeah. There's, there's, that makes it a little bit there's, easier. There's right? maybe, you know, I mean, there's 20 or 30 that you would use in a, in a maintenance task, but there's five, you know, at the top of the list. And we use the technology to, to solve, you know, a very basic problem. When, when we first started, you know, we'd look at like a 400-page binder which say, what do we do? Do we scan it page by page, name those files? That's not going to scale, right? Because that's, you know, s- scaling a SaaS company is extremely important if you want to get And, the and deciding what kind of database you want to use. I mean, that's what, huge, What kind right? of database? Right. We, we made some that's, simple bets, which, which ended up being pr- pretty good. You could really fuck up early if you choose the wrong you, database. You could. You could. <laughs> and, and, I've learned that. And, and thank goodness we didn't. Uh, we made a lot of solid bets. But just that 400-page binder, there could be, what you know, what's known as a, a, a part certificate, 8130, a... A form 337 the system we trained it to pull those out automatically um, just virtually so it doesn't change that original document so you still have context if you want to do research but just pulling those out can take you know what was a half hour exercise down to like a, a 20 second search because everything's right there and then you can build on that so those are the kind of things we're working with Roy on the product side talking to you know our our primary audience which in the in the aviation world is tr- director of maintenance They've helped us, you know, figure out those challenges, and uh, we're learning more and more every day as as we get more people on the platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, one of the technologies we just uh, announced, and it has to do with like taking the analog to the digital, is a thing we call digital paper clipping. So, if somebody's doing an inspection or a compliance, they'll they'll be literally sifting through folders and binders and boxes, and then putting them together and literally possibly paper clipping saying this is all part of a work order or some type of you know maintenance event so you can do that in our software digitally now by dragging and dropping and 
checking cool. boxes and that. So, so basically you could assign something to like a project or a task and, and uh, absolutely you, you can have different taxonomies with them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause OCR there's, there's lots, like you said, Adobe, there's, there's a lot of players out there in that space, but uh, to really, you know, we had a really early vision of, of making paper records come to life. That was a phrase we used to say, and we really didn't know what it meant. Yeah. We were like, let's, 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 you know, let's live with that. Let's see if we can take this thing and make it. And over three years, you know, we're starting to see customers asking us for, you know, other types of use cases to, to make that happen. So, so is there like, um, an, uh, is there like an open source underlying OCR that you guys use, right? And like that, and then everything else built on top of that, the, the workflow and, and the, the features and functionality is kind of your own IP, but the OCR is kind of everyone uses the same OCR? Well, no, there's several OCR technologies out there, but we have probably about six technologies that we've um, put together. So it's proprietary. The whole system itself is proprietary, but the OCR stuff is right. Is right. But oh, why, 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 why that's right. There's oh. best in class software for that. Right. Don't, don't try to reinvent right. the wheel. Yeah. And it's not Adobe. <laughs> it's not Adobe. I can believe that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can believe that. We'd we would have had to raise another 2 million if we wanted to use <laughs> Adobe's product. And so, and do you, um, and so other dials you have to play with from a product perspective to kind of understand, you know, these forms. Constantly. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you one really good yeah. one. Dates. Okay. There's 30 different ways to put a date on a form. Interesting. February 3rd, 323, um, and international, you know, where you put the, the year first. So um, we want people to just literally take a picture with their iPad of, of an aircraft record and have Blue Tail do the rest. That's as simple as, as what we really want to happen. We, we, there's a whole business underneath that. Yeah. There is. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. And so you live in an, so I'm a firm believer that when there's a problem set in the world and it is not solved, right, how big of a problem is it, right? Or, you know, is there a technology behind it, right, that can move it? Is there a wave that's happening? Is there an inflection point in the, in the industry or the market? We know that the technology is here. It's proven by you. Right. And you know, there's some, I think some legacy people in the, in the space. Right. Sure. <clears throat> and then there's, um, and then you have this old stodgy industry, but where is this product kind of like an educational push into the market? Is this something that the market is pulling? Right. Because there's an, an inflection point in an event that needs to happen. How do you think about that? I think it's like a tractor pull. If you've ever gone to a tractor pull, mm -mm. showing some of my, uh, Maybe redneck roots, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, tractor pull typically it starts out, you know, so it is, you know, it's more of a push, it's a heavy object, and it gets considerably harder as you go farther because the object, the weight climbs up. <laughs> so it just gets harder and harder. So, <laughs> so, so we, we, we are, I mean, make no mistake, we're creating a category. Uh, yeah. we, we, we say the category exists in commercial. It, it does. There's some established legacy players for the airlines, but in business aviation, which is very fragmented, you know this, you know, there's you know, 15,000, you know, business jets in the United States, 3,000 different charter operators. So trying to go out and, 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 and basically sell this service, sell this product is, is, is a true category creation. So, so there's a lot of evangelism. There's a lot of outreach that we're doing with the sure. regulatory authorities, the associations, through the sales team. And uh, that's been a slog. But it's, that's okay. It's a huge slog. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a slog. But I mean, there, within that, there's opportunity, right? I mean, when I mean, I've I've invested in several vertical software companies where there there is a there is an educational component. There is a challenger sale methodology that kind of needs to happen, you know. Um, 
you know, you need to kind of illuminate the thing they don't know. Exactly. Right? And, and finding the right messaging and, um, you know, trying to figure out, you know, when, when they're ready to buy, who else needs to buy into this. I, I, I don't want to say it's gotten any easier over the last year, but, but with some of the traction we've gotten, some of the great press that we've gotten uh, inside the industry, uh, people do know us now. So that is helping, uh, you know, from where we were two years ago. So, um, yeah, but it, it's going to remain a challenge, but it does feel like it's getting maybe just a little bit easier. Cool. And, and David, we always, you know, you know, you know the phrase, follow the money. Mm-hmm. You know, we think the tipping point is coming and it may come from the insurance side of the house. It may, it may, the, may, may come from the lender. It may come from the FAA. Um, so we're literally working, you know, all those channels and, and with heavy evangelism where, where, you know, whenever we go to a show, a trade show to speak or uh, talk to, you know, people from the FAA, we're always evangelizing, you know, digital transformation. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the FAA is slowly getting around to making that one of their initiatives um, in, you know, pilot records and, and all kinds of other things yeah. they're doing. So I they're, mean, the they're, they're catching on. I mean, the debate is, you, there's no longer a solid debate for it to be on paper or to be on print, Correct. Right? Like, Correct. There's not, you, you, you just admit that you're fucking lazy and you don't want to do anything about <laughs> it, right? And the CIA was the first customer on AWS, by the way. <laughs> the first customer. So if they're confident with the cloud storage capabilities, I'm pretty sure that everybody else can, can do that, including the FAA. I, I didn't know that. That's yeah. an anecdote. Thank you. Um, it could be false, right? I don't know if that's true or not, but somebody else told me that, so I'm just repeating it. So I sound, so I sound smarter. But so, how did you? And since you are creating this category, how do you think about pricing, and how'd you come up with that number? So, so um, there is a little bit of guidance that we follow, just through what we call like complementary um, business applications in the in the space. So maintenance tracking is one of them. When you own an airplane, you need to track all those life-limited components on an airplane when they're due, when they need to be inspected, replaced, calendar items, same way. So we looked at a few of the big players out there when we started and said, you know, how do they charge? That They have SaaS, SaaS companies. So uh, we quickly realized that it's like a tiered structure by airplane. So if you've got a light jet, like a Cessna Citation jet or Phenom 300 versus like a mid-size Hawker 800 up to like a like a Boeing, you know, BBJ, they all charge more per aircraft. And, you know, in our space, the, the logic follows that bigger aircraft have more paper, they're more complex. So we looked at something like that, and we looked at, like, the overall value we thought we were delivering uh, versus what a maintenance tracking you know, would charge. Maybe they charge $15,000 per airplane per year. And if we're maybe 20, third of that value, we're, you know, maybe roughly it's, you know, it's it's two $3,000 for a heavy jet. So... We, we, we threw that out there, you know, and then we tested it. The market took it. Yeah, the market took it. We tested it. There was some, you know, feedback around, okay, how do you do with the onboarding piece? There's a scanning component. What if I've got a fleet of 28 aircraft? What, what does that look like? So a lot of back and forth. I think we made some pretty good bets initially, you know, with some of the modeling this this finance guy was doing over here. So we, we, we didn't miss the mark by too much. and. That's kind of how we did conformity as well. Yeah, when, when we built the platform, David, we, uh, we built it literally. One of the things I want to do is build it totally self-serve. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've been part of other SaaS companies where, where you wait to build the self-serve part. You do it all manually, and then you, never, you, then you forget to build an admin piece to it. Mm-hmm. So you're like, you get started, you get some customers, and someone goes, 
hey, well, how did we do this month? And what are people using or what, you know, and, and so you're backtracking and trying to figure out how to do that. So, you know, we started as a self-serve model and we, and we took it to market and we realized the customers that were coming to us were actually larger fleets, you know, larger flight departments, maybe with five or six and not just one. So we were thinking we're, we were going after the owners, the jet owners at first. And the market told us you're going after larger flight departments, fleets. And so we had to hurry up and do a little pivot on our, our, you know, our sale, our, uh, our admin piece of our tool and actually the front end and some features. And so, you know, the customer kind of guided us to, uh, you know, this, this latest version of our software. So, cool. Um, so we're still, we're still believing that self-serve will happen someday, but yeah. Um, well, I mean, you have to solve the problem first, right. And you have to have to incorporate services and then you just play with it. And then, you know, if you're well capitalized, you just, you know, say you'll do the services for free and, you know, increase ACV. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, so tell me about your capital stack. Who are your investors? Yeah, so we've uh, we did a, uh, a small seed round many years ago uh, with some local key executives. Uh, but uh, we did a Series A and a Series A A plus, if you want to call it. But uh, AZVC uh, led by Jack uh, and uh, Jason Pressman, uh, who was running uh, Shasta VC, and of course Ben Brockman. Uh, is there as well? So uh, they were the uh, investor in the last round. So did Shasta invest, or did he? Was he part of the the, the investment committee? What, what? He is no. He's he is moving uh, and to be part of uh, AZVC now as a partner. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Is are they shutting down Shasta? Uh, no. No. Uh, I think they might be fully invested, but you probably need to ask Jason that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, but our first round at Series A was done by. Uh, Todd Belfer and uh, Brookstone mm-hmm. Capital, which was uh, which you you know well. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you know we were hoping this is our last round. Um, we had uh, uh, two two really good months la- last year where we were cash flow break even already. Awesome. So uh, our our subscription model, you know, once again we thought people would be subscribing monthly. Mm-hmm. They said nope, we want to do annual. So annual always helps. Right on on the cash flow. So. Uh, yeah, we're really invest. This year's going to be an investment. I don't think we'll we'll see many uh, break even. And you have a lot of cash on the balance sheet, huh? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you actually have to start spending it, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hear. I hear you have tight purse strings. <laughs> <All right, all laughs> just, just a rumor. All right, who was it? Paul, Todd. Who, who was it? <laughs> all of them. All that's of, the, oh, wor- all that's of the worst them. kept yeah. secret in Scottsdale. Yeah. You would, uh, you talk to our wives. Yeah. They, they, they they may say the same thing. Yeah. Uh, no, we just you know we've. This is my. F- fourth startup and uh, i've been through the 2000 and so has stewart been through uh the dot-com bomb and uh oh, been through was... 2008 9 and 10 so we've been through a few we of these some gray hairs yeah we got some great and you know what yeah, we're kind of going through it now well tech is in a recession at least right so we'll see what the rest of the world yeah happens. yeah i mean in the beginning before this little crisis happened it was like spend 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 and then um you know stewart i we need at least six years of runway here. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 yeah, it's nothing phases us. We've been through quite a quite a bit in our uh, startup mm-hmm. in yeah, our internet days. We so. have been on a little bit of a hiring spree here, though. In the last couple of months, we brought in some new engineering resources, some great folks, new salespeople, a marketing resource. Uh, finally, got somebody helping on the business development front. So. 
So we're uh, we're burning. Yeah, we're burning. You're, bur- you're burning. And so <laughs> so we, we, yeah, we've we've got an opening for a controller and some SDRs too. So if you know people out there, then hopefully people listening will always look. We'll, yeah. In fact, we even bought tchotchkes now. But you know, we were so cheap before we didn't want to spend any money on tchotchkes. Mm-hmm. So so we have something for you. Okay, and, nice. And actually, your, your kids. You're like a homeless guy with a plastic bag. Exactly. Well, well, <laughs> I, I, I want. One, so one name was noticeably noticeably uh, absent in our investments, and that was David Paul. So so we thought. Well, you kept on pushing me these bullshit safe notes. <laughs> They're like, well, we have 100k on this safe note, and I was like, well, wait, fuck yourself. You were moving too slow. Yeah, dude, I move. I am the quickest. Yes, but you kept on giving me safe notes. Well, we were we were we were upset about that. You'd be already exited by now. But man. but but David. <laughs> We're You're also, sitting here fucking around with your tchotchkes. You would have been rolling in cash by we're now. We're also <laughs> we're also upset that we weren't one of your first choices in podcasts. You know, this is kind of like, hey, can you come down here and like, I got I got a spot. I got to fill in. I had to make you wait. A little so bit. we we I had to make sure you were going to survive. So we, we raised the money. So so oh, what that's we cute. Th- no no you, this is cute, but we want to give you the bird for not not uh, choosing us first. So okay. we, we've got the, some tchotchkes for you for the girls and you're for the girls. I love the girls. it. They will love it. So awesome. Where's mine? I have three girls. There you go. Perfect. There you go. <laughs> look at him. Look at look at look how pissed he got. <laughs> He's on, like one on. more. He's another, one more down. That's another forty nine cents. Dude. Yeah. yeah no, right. Literally, he gave me three. I have three girls. I asked for another one and looked like you know, you know, I farted in his face. <laughs> yeah, he gave me another Tweety Bird. Um, this is awesome. Very cool, guys. So, what are you excited about the next next eighteen months, twenty four months, besides burning money? Yeah, you know, some there's some. There's a couple of really big deals in the pipeline, and um, you know you're always you're always going after the whales in this industry. And, and there's a couple we've been working on for let's call it a year, and um, you know planets aligning. Yeah, we'll get a couple of those done here in the next month or two, which which we think will further elevate just our prominence in the industry. Once mm-hmm. once this kind of gets out there, we're working on some OEM deals, which if you know the industry. Uh, you know, aligning with the manufacturers, you know, the Textrons, the Bombardiers, the, the Dassos of the world, getting Blue Tail in there when the, when the new airplane is shipped. We're, we've got a couple of those in process um, and some outreach activities. So we think just that and, you know, what, what our sales team has been doing, which, which you know, they've been doing an, an amazing job here, especially over the past couple quarters. Uh, with all that, we just think it's, it's going to be a new game and um, just, you know, really excited about some other, you know, international expansion opportunities, new products coming down the pipeline. So it's, it's all those things together that uh, that keep us excited and, and up at night as well. Awesome. Yeah, and we're finally in a building all together. That's wow. true. Yeah, we've been. You know, we did. We launched right in the middle of COVID, so we were home for about a year and a half, two years. Then we did, of course, the shared spaces around town, and mm-hmm. and we were in split shared spaces and we just got a space over and actually really close to your off scottsdale road that's uh, awesome. and uh so it's it's we're all together for the first time and it's yeah. it's it's good it's well, a good thing well i really um am happy for your success thank you <laughs> really normally people that you know i don't invest in i usually wish you know the worst for them right <laughs> no i'm just kidding no i really i really do this would this would have been something that i would have been very interested in but it looks like you had some other investors kind of in there so um it's super cool that you guys got funded you know i love that you're staying close to the industry that you're super vertical 
you know, specific and you're, you're doing data naturalization, which is what everybody needs. And it's, it's vertical specific period. Yeah. Right. Um, verticalized data, verticalized reporting, I think is, is where the puck is going over the next 20 years, because, you know, honestly, the flight people don't, are not going to buy snowflake. Right. They're not going to have a ton of managed services around there. Yeah. Right. So I, I really think what you guys are doing is, is incredible. So, um, anyway, so quick, Round of lightning round questions. Um, first is, what is your favorite book? Uh, my favorite, well, let's see, my favorite book. Good question. Um, uh, first of all, I love the Bible, okay. believe it or not. Nice. Uh, good stuff. And I also, um, you know, I like a lot of the Malcolm Gladwell books. I know they're mm-hmm. overread, and, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I like, like a lot of his books. I think he's boring books. as fuck. Like, it, honestly, it, like, you know, I think he's just dry. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I've tried to listen, read it, and I've tried to, you know, do it. But, you know, I, obviously he's very popular. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, for me, he just doesn't hold. Like, I, I like Adam Grant better. I think he's an overread guy, too. But, like, at least I feel like definitely he gets me a little bit more. Yeah. So uh, don't read as much as I sh- should. Uh, everybody knows I'm a movie person. You're more of a TikTok guy. I, I'm a movie person. <laughs> I'm a movie snob. I, 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 What's I the like... best movie you've seen recently? Uh, Babylon. Okay. What about The Whale? You see The Whale? Uh, I didn't want to watch it. Dude, it's so depressed. Dude, it's good, <laughs> That's though. That's why I didn't want to watch it, it. It's good. Why do you want to watch, watch a movie to be depressed? Because it's real, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking real. <laughs> Yeah, but um, uh, book-wise, um, I, I, like I said, I don't read a whole lot. I, one sticks out in my mind, 48 Laws of Power. I read it 25 years ago. Yeah, I got uh, to like 12, uh, and I was uh, like, this is too much. It, it's a lot. It's, <laughs> it's a lot. A lot. you, you got to jump around. you got to find the ones that yeah. work for you. Yeah. No, and, it's a good book, though. It's, it's a good read. It's a lot of great anecdotes. And, um, but, yeah, more, admittedly, more movies, more shows than... Uh, what kind than of sh- what shows are you watching? Um, you know, I'm a huge Fargo nut. The the show. Oh, is that good? Fargo is that I, I similar think, to the the movie? Uh, it, it is and it isn't. Uh, I, I think it's some of the best series that have come out in the past twenty years, which is a bold statement when uh-huh. you got Sopranos and Breaking Bad. But yeah. I'd put it right at the top. Okay. So if you haven't watched it, uh, they're they're going to do a new one and it's coming. It's okay. great. Do you guys watch? Um, what is it? What is it? The White Lotus. I, I watched it. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, my daughter and. And some other folks, not not my cup of tea. Not your cup of tea. Yeah. I, I see how, how you'd like it. It's yeah. Good. yeah, I watched the last season because it was filmed in Sicily, which was yeah. amazing cinematography yeah. and oh, yeah. beautiful, beautiful stuff. But he's he's like he's like my Kramer in movie phone. <laughs> I, I call him up. I go, "What should I watch today?" Uh, uh, Poker Face. We just started. If you've heard about that, so is that a, is that a show? It's a show on Peacock. It's it's quite good. Okay, it's quite good. I watched Shazam two last night. And it was awesome. Was it? Yeah, I'm a comic book guy, and I love Shazam, too. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It was great. All right, guys, thank you so much for coming in to want to speak on the Capital Stack. We uh, launch an episode every Tuesday on all your favorite platforms, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple. If you like it, please subscribe, tell a friend, and uh, we will see you next week. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Capital Stack Podcast. Make sure to share this with someone you know that can benefit from this content. Remember to support this show by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. David Paul is the founder and general partner at DWP Capital. All opinions expressed by David and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of DWP Capital. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. David and guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed on this podcast.